All right, we are here with Dr. Silvio Cosetto of Be Well Lifestyle Centers here in Metro Detroit. Silvio, great to be with you. Great being here with you. So tell the listeners, the viewers out there, what it is you specialize in at Be Well. So in a nutshell, Be Well is functional movement, holistic nutrition, and we're on cutting edge for anti-aging. Okay, so let's start with the movement piece, because... In today's day and age where so many people are glued to their phones, they're playing video games, they're streaming their favorite show, uh, not a lot of time outside when you're doing those activities. How, how big of an issue do you see that being with people's overall health? Extreme. Extreme. Unbelievable issue. It's, it's as if we're punching ourselves in the face and looking for a cure for the pain. What's the cure for that? Or how do you change people's trains of thought so that they are able to detach themselves from the technology and get out there and just move their bodies. Stop punching yourself in the face. Well, that easier said than done, right? <laughs> no, no, it is easier said than done. It's it, and, and I'll tell you right now, I have to have, uh, on my social media alone, I have these blockers, you know, just so I can't use the phone during the day. And it's sad that I'm such an addict, and I admit that I'm an addict, that I have to block myself from social media. So, no, it's, it's, it's extremely easy to fall into it it's tough to pull yourself out of it the beauty is once you pull yourself out of it you start to look at the world like this beautiful fucking place again it's not through the lens of instagram and tiktok it's through the lens of your freaking eyes so give us an idea of how much movement an average person needs on a daily basis well, I mean, the whole 10,000 steps thing is a good way to go. Everyone's, you know, the Fitbitting, 10,000 steps, you know, Apple watching, 10,000 steps. It's, it's a decent way to go. A couple miles a day of movement is important. But I'll tell you this, um, walking is only part of the movement, moving your arms, lifting your arms overhead, stretching, moving your neck. You have joints in your body, period. Move them. If you don't, they atrophy, they die, they disintegrate. So, I mean, it's hard to say, like, you need one hour of movement. You need, you need to get to the point to where every one of your joints moves to its fullest range of motion and capabilities. We don't lose our movement because we get older. We get older because we lose our movement. And I mean older in a physiological age. So this doesn't mean you have to go out and run. 10 miles or you know bench press 225 pounds what kinds of activities can satisfy what you were just talking about so weight on the on the bones decreases the prevalence of osteoporosis so any type of weight is going to increase your or decrease your chances of developing osteoporosis is it a cure no but i'd still take my chances and believe that it's going to help me um, any type of movement is going to increase cardiovascular. What that means is blood flow, heart strength, arterial strength, lung strength, so forth and so on. Any type of stretching is going to increase the body's uh, uh, um, movement, the, body, the, the, the muscle uh, tensile strength, the, the, the tenderness tensile strength. You don't stretch ligaments. Whenever I hear people say stretch your ligaments, it's bullshit. You want them tight. Um, but your ligaments should be tight. Your tendons should be able to be strong yet move. Your muscles should be loose yet 
tight when you need them and strengthened when you need them. Your bones should be strong. Your blood flow should be amazing. That comes from exercise, different types of exercise. So it's not just deadlifting and bench pressing and running fast. It's it's hiring the proper people or researching yourself yourself to figure out what you need. It's not it's not cut and dry for everybody. In your practice, I'm sure you see people who are hurting because of too much physical activity and you see people who are hurting because of not enough physical activity. Is there a difference in the way you treat those two categories? Absolutely. The two biggest clients that we have uh, would I would say are extreme athletes and office workers. Sitting in a chair all day long and running marathons are going to cause pain. They're going to cause your body to not function the way it's supposed to. Um, but they're completely two different areas. One is a habitual uh, lack of motion in the same joint. And the other one is a continual injury. And, and during this is marathon season. I'm sure we all know people that are running marathons. And it's this overworking, overtraining, over, 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 and you're just beating the shit out of your body. Um, so yeah, of course, it's two different things. It's, it's, it's a multitude of different perspectives uh, from treatment. The, the other term you hear a lot is overuse injury, you know, and to your previous point about, you know, people who are running a lot. In your mind, does there have to be some diversification when it comes to your activity? Or can you just do the same thing over and over again and, and expect to not have, have some kind of injury? You can't do the same thing over and over again because if you are, you're taking away from another area. If you're running you're, and, and all you're doing is running, you're using your body the exact same way every time and there's no diversity in the movement. And then you're not using, for instance, you're using the lower half much more and you're not using the upper half. You're also pounding on those discs within the vertebrae. And you're not strengthening the erector muscles. You're not strengthening the postural muscles in your body. So there's a whole bunch of deficiencies. Um, you, you see it with professional athletes. When they retire, they have these major injuries. Their bodies break down, not <clears throat> only in the areas that they were overusing, but also in the areas that they were neglecting. Let's get back to the actual, you know, spine because that's obviously the the basis of what it is you do and people's keeping people people's spines healthy. Um, when you're giving somebody a chiropractic adjustment, you know, what what is the the main thing that you're looking for when they first, you know, sit down to to see you? Um, I'd say leg length discrepancies is a big one. Um, if if you've ever worn your shoes down and you've been a runner you know that wearing your shoe down even a quarter of an inch is going to cause knee pain, hip pain, lower back pain. So if your hips are off by a quarter of an inch, it's going to pull your leg up by a quarter of an inch. And that quarter of an inch is going to come into hip pain, knee pain, lower back pain. And now you have to compensate for the pains. So now you start to use other aspects of the spine more because you can't use those painful areas. So now you've got upper back pain, neck pain, headaches, all because your hips are off or your shoes are off. There's so many different things that we look at just from that. That's that's surprising, I would say, to a lot of people that you can actually have different lengths in your legs. Correct. 
I get called Voodoo Doctor all the time. I love this one. Voodoo Doctor, work your voodoo um, because someone will walk in with a headache and I'll adjust their hips and their headache goes away. And it's not that I adjusted their hips and their headache goes away unless you got your head up your ass. Um, but the, the reason why is because if your hips are pulling on your spine, your whole spine is thrown off. Here's a good rule of thumb. Your eyes always want to see on a perfect horizon. So you're always going to see straight. If I tape your head to the side the, and it can't move, the rest of your body will compensate so that you see on that horizon. So that's an extreme. If, I, if your hip is off by a quarter of an inch and it can't get back to that even length, then the rest of your spine will compensate so that you are staring at a perfect horizon. That's going to throw off the whole spine. So how do you or how can anybody out there work on having their hips not do that so that they don't get thrown out of whack all the time? I mean, honestly, the first thing I tell my patients, next time you're naked in front of a mirror, move your body around nice and loosely, close your eyes, stop, don't move, and look in the mirror and see where your shoulder is, see where your hips are, see where your head is, and start with that. Postural analysis. We talked about sitting at a desk. You you mentioned it that the people who you know work in an office they sit at a desk all day. Um, when you, when you walk around an office and you see people's postures, what stands out to you? Just sitting, just the sitting posture. The uh, the neck and upper back area. Everybody's rounded. It's um, you know twenty something years of doing this. I, I've seen uh, people sitting in chairs with their knees, you know, like this, you know, cross-legged. Um, laying back in the chair, shoulders rounded, neck forward. I mean, you have to ask yourself, so so why am I sitting with my leg crossed? This is, this is, a, this is a good one. I am too. Yeah, yep. I'd love to know why. The reason why is because if I were sitting in a 90-90 with my hips perfectly straight, body straight, it's uncomfortable to me. So what do I do? I cross my legs. Why did I cross my legs? Because my hips are uncomfortable, because my hips aren't where they should be. So if my hip, for instance, on the right, we'll say, is back and kind of in I have to bring it forward and out and how am I doing that by crossing my leg and rotating my hip joint into a comfortable position so when we look at it and go oh I'm just crossing my legs because it's comfortable well then the question is why is it comfortable why is this comfortable and the other reason the other way not and it's because we've habitually put ourselves into an uncomfortable position by not having proper posture and what happens is this is where it starts you don't wake up one day and have a dowager's hump you don't wake up one day and have arthritis in your hips we create it through our habits how, so how do we collectively change those habits you know but before it gets to the point where like you said you start to to hunch or you've got some other physical ailment um there's an old uh uh, there's an old uh, Jewish mom joke. Um, mom, it hurts when I do this, so don't do this. So that's it. That's that's like the simplest of 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 uh, advice. If it if you're doing something that you know is screwing you up, don't do it. Form the new habit. Okay, so we've we've covered movement. Uh, let's get into nutrition now because that's another big piece of what it is you do at Be Well. Where, where do you? kind of see society right now where people are in terms of their their nutrition and, and what they're you know putting into their bodies on a daily basis so i'm going to piss off a few people and i'm sorry for this um and and i'm not saying extremes okay 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one. My father just passed away a few months ago, and he had bad kidneys. He had heart problems. He needed medicine. Nutrition was not going to help him. So keep that in mind with what I'm about to say. There are people that need medicine, so don't come at me if you're one of those people because this is not pertaining to you. The majority of us are taking the easy way out. We're taking these medications that are unnecessary. The only cure, the only cure that I can prove is nutrition, period. It's eating healthy, exercising properly, taking your herbs, taking your supplements where deficiencies are from our foods not being as perfect as they are, are going to get you to a level of health beyond any medication. And here's my proof. We're sicker now as a country than we've been forever. We're not living longer. We're not living stronger. We are a, we're a mess. And I challenge anybody to show me where we're healthier. We're not one of the healthiest countries in the world. And with our medical technologies, we should be the healthiest country in the world. So that's where the bullshit lies. Next, I remember, and I'll use my dad as another example again. My dad used to take uh, the stomach medication, Prilosec. And he used to say, why are you taking that? Oh, because I have a bad stomach. And I'd say to him, you don't have a bad stomach. You like to eat shitty food. You're eating burritos, and then you feel the stomach pain, so you take your Prilosec. Just take away the, the burritos. And he used to say, oh, but I love them. They're so good. And I see people constantly doing that. I see it every day, no exaggeration, two to three times a day. I'll say to somebody, why are you drinking Coca-Cola? Why are you drinking these sodas? Oh, I really like them. But you know you're getting headaches. You know you're having sugar problems. You know you're pre-diabetic. Get rid of it, and it'll all go away. No, I just really like them. It's my only vice. I only do it once a day. I, it, it's, it's amazing to me. If I said to an alcoholic, let's, let's go into that extreme, you're killing yourself by drinking alcohol every day. If they said to you in general public, well, I only drink one, you know, one or two shots of tequila a day, you would look at them and say, you need help. But the second that one or two shots, one or two shots of tequila is replaced with one or two shots of Coca-Cola, it becomes, it's my only vice. It's okay. We've made an excuse as to why it's okay to drink these chemicals to eat these chemicals to have these substandard foods nature gave us the perfect foods the most beautiful amazing nutrients to 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 feed our body and we looked at it and said fuck off i'm going to make it different i'm going to genetically modify it i'm going to chemically produce it i'm going to preserve it and then i'm going to eat it and wonder why i'm sick it's astonishing to me well you know this that a lot of people eat the way they do because it's more convenient, and that's why fast food is so popular. Um, it's it's not because it's good for you. It's because it's convenient, and it's also inexpensive. So what's the solve for that? It's convenient to look at somebody who's successful monetarily or lived their dream while you sit at this crappy job that you don't want and say, that should be me. It's convenient to see someone who's majorly in love, who found their soulmate, while you sit in your house watching TV and say, that should be me. It's very convenient. It takes work to go out there and do what these people have done. 
you meet somebody of success, and I don't just mean monetary success, living their dreams, finding the people that they want in life, it took work. They had to love themselves. They had to find themselves. They had to struggle through the hard times to get to the beautiful times. You don't just wake up one day and, and get an Emmy. You don't just wake up one day and become a multimillionaire. You don't just wake up and build a beautiful company. You struggle through it. So, like, you want it, you go get it. Okay, so I'm sure you've also seen patients who come into your office and they tell you that they have some kind of health condition or an issue and they tell you that it runs in their family or it's hereditary. You have a little bit of a different take on, on things that are, are hereditary. Explain. Okay, so um, there are a lot of genetic... There's a lot of genetic deficiencies, diseases, whatever you want to call them, that are hereditary. So let's get that one off the plate. It doesn't mean I have to have it, okay? Um, so what I'm about to say again is, is, is a true statement for what I'm talking about. It's not hereditary, it's habit. When I have patients that come in and say, I have diabetes because my parents had diabetes, it's hereditary. My first question is, did your grandparents have diabetes? And they say, no. Well, did it just hop onto the gene pool? No, it's a habit. You were raised by your family. You eat the way your family raised you. I know because I was that and I had to recognize that. I had the same dietary problems as my family who were overweight and not feeling well. And I was overweight and not feeling well. And then one day I went, I have the same habits. So I broke the habits. It's that simple. Now, does that mean that, uh, for instance, if your whole gene pool has Tay-Sachs, that you're not going to get Tay-Sachs? No, it's, if it's in your genes, you could get it. doesn't mean you have to get it. There's ways of treating around it. But people think, you know, it's really hard for me to break this habit, especially when you get so deep into it. And... For some, they probably feel like they've reached the point where there's nothing they can do about it. Well, then there's nothing they can do about it, if that's what they believe. Um, so it's so to you, it's all psychological. It's a mindset thing. So I used to power lift, and I would get to this weight, and I would say, this is as heavy as I can lift. And one day, my trainer said to me, okay, we're just going to lift what you know you can lift. And I lifted it, and he laughed. And I said, what? He goes, I switched the weights. You just lifted about 50 pounds more than you thought you could lift. And I said, how? And he said, because it's mental. Because you thought this is where it is. So it kind of opened my eyes. This is years ago. It kind of opened my eyes to the fact that I limited myself based on my mental abilities. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is the best I am. This is the best I can be. I cannot do anything else. Then gig is into height. God bless you. But if that is not the truth and you can do more, then do more. Go through it. Okay. So from a nutritional standpoint, I want to ask you for a couple of tips for people who are listening to this, people who are watching this, and they want to change. They want to break some of those habits that they know are perhaps harmful to their health. What are a few simple ways they can go about starting to turn that around in terms of their health from a nutritional standpoint? One step at a time. 
it's funny because my mom, I'll go back to my dad again. Uh, my, my dad was on his deathbed um, in, in the ICU, and I kept saying to my mom, if he just changes this, he still has a, a chance. And she kept saying, well, it's baby steps. There's a certain point where it's not baby steps anymore. It's it's one big giant freaking leap. Um, most of us don't need the giant leap. Most of us need baby steps. If you're eating five pieces of chocolate cake and a gallon of Coca-Cola a day, eat one piece of chocolate cake and a quart of Coca-Cola. Get to the next level. I, 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 have a, I have a really good thing that I work with with smokers. I've been doing this for years. People would come to me and say, I can't quit smoking. I've tried. I've, I've gone cold turkey. And I'd say, well, keep smoking then. Um, for instance, uh, American Spirits makes an organic chemical-free cigarette. So there's over 200 chemicals in a regular cigarette. Switch to American Spirits. Let your body detox from the other chemicals while mentally and psychologically you're still smoking. Now you're addicted to only a couple things and now slowly reach for one less a day. Now three less a day and then quit. And I'd say 90 something percent of the people have a much easier time quitting because cold turkey is tough. I admit it. It's really, really tough. If you said to me, I don't like running. If you said to me, go run right now, make it a habit. I'd fail if I just started jumping into it. Run a few feet, run a quarter mile, run whatever. And then slowly but surely, you'll develop the habit. So we've talked about movement. We've talked about nutrition. You said there's another fundamental piece that you focus on at Be Well. Anti-aging. Anti-aging. This is this is a very uh, interesting topic uh, these days because there are a lot of people out there who are looking to uh, turn back the clock, if you will. So so tell us about it from, from where you sit. So anti-aging is like the word organic. It's thrown out there. Uh, everyone has a different definition. Um, I, I guess for me... Anti-aging is physiological age. You are your age. If you're 50 years old or you're 40 years old, on paper, that's how old you are. That doesn't mean that's how old your organs are. That's how old your body is. So what do you do? Well, if your heart is weak, strengthen it. It's getting younger. If your lungs are not able to function and breathe as deeply as they used to, strengthen them. They will strengthen. That's one aspect of anti-aging. Two, there are herbs, there are nutrients that will help your body to function better. If you feel like crap every day, you can barely make it through the day without falling asleep, you're overweight, you're a lot older physiologically than you need to be, you can anti-age there. The next aspect is peptides. Peptides and hormone replacement therapy. There's a whole bunch of different aspects to that. But here's the thing. A lot of these doctors, a lot of these uh, treatment labs are just going straight for the old, what's, what's that uh, uh, thing everyone's taking, uh, Samoralin, uh, the anti-fat uh, 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 shot that everyone's doing right now. Um, it's uh, not the pills. Ozempic. Ozempic, yeah. Ozempic. Um, my thing is, did you make the attempt to stop eating the foods? I'll, I'll, I'll throw my mom under the bus. She got uh, the lap band years ago instead of changing her diet. Now she just eats less. I mean, now she's got a better diet years, years ago. And I watched a lot of patients doing the same thing. They're eating horrible foods, but they got, you know, the, the their stomach cut out or the lap band. And they're still eating the same food, just less of it. Change your diet. Change your habit. 
do everything first before you jump into hormone replacement therapies, before you jump into peptide therapy, before you take the drugs to help you lose weight. You will, even if it's a little bit, and that's where we like to help people because there's no side effect to nutrition. There's no side effect to eating right and exercising. I guess there is a side effect. You look better, you feel better. He is Dr. Silvio Cazetto of Be Well Lifestyle Centers. Hey, great stuff. Good to be with you as always. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.